Hello, humans of the earth, and thank you for joining us on this wonderful day. My name is Dana. And my name is Heidi. And this is Fun Times with Dana and Heidi. We hope you guys had a good Valentine's Day, no matter how you spent it. Hopefully, you spent it safely and not being a bad noodle, a maskless noodle. Please, we hope that you were safe, and we hope that you had a fun time. Yeah. No pun intended. Today is currently Valentine's for us, so. Yeah. Today, right now, during the time of recording, is Valentine's Day, which proves that we have nothing slash no one to do uh, anything better with. But you know what? There's nothing better than sharing positive news stories with our listeners. So, yes, that is what we are doing on Valentine's Day, and we hope that you guys had a fun time pun intended so now let's move on to our favorite tweet of the week so i found this i found this tweet on pinterest which is a very interesting like crossover kind of like not the avengers because avengers endgame is like when all of them come in but it was it was an interesting crossover kind of like those disney channel crossovers where it was like remember the one with like uh hannah montana and sweet life on deck that yes was, that was epic that was epic transformative and there was one with with wizards of waverly place but i forgot yeah i remember there's one between like icarly and something else and victorious and victorious oh my gosh this my two favorite shows together yeah i would never really watch victorious but i did like icarly but something i just figured out what the wizards of waverly place was and i still think about it like now that i'm thinking about it it's very 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 strange that they decided to do this but when I was younger my favorite episode of Wizards of Waverly Place was the one with Shakira in it Shakira, Shakira was on it Shakira I was too much of a place I swear look let me look it up really Shakira, really I swear. yeah and she was like like singing how Shakira sings you know like, I just remember Wizards, of- yes, she was. You can look it up. You can look it I up. I was more of an iCarly and Victorious girl, and all I remember was when Kesha went on Victorious. That was, was the highlight of my life. Y'all, this is life changing information. Yeah, I just looked it up. It said, Really? That's so weird to think about. Yeah, and she was like acting and everything. It says, Dude Looks Like Shakira is the 12th episode of season three of Wizards of Waverly Place and the 64th of the overall series. It first aired on April 16, 2010. So long ago. So, so long ago. Dang, I feel old now. I and I'm not even old. old. I feel old. This isn't, this isn't our era, Heidi. But anyways, back to the topic at hand. I found this tweet on Pinterest and... It is from at Jeff Kasanoff, and it says, Every fitness brand is like, we are the rebels, the ones who dare to be different and change the game. For example, here's a great t-shirt. And, you know, the I, accuracy. The ac- yeah, it's very accurate. You know, a lot of exercise clothing, like for what it is, you would expect it to be like very like grandiose you know like oh i'm running and i'm so cool so my t-shirt is red or something and the music just adds to it 
Like, I feel like I'm, you know, like on the National Geographic where there's like an animal chasing another animal? Yeah, and they play like music. music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Music is great for exercise. But like, you would expect clothing, like exercise clothing to be very vibrant. And it's not. Like, most of it is just gray t-shirts. Like, for what they're selling you, for you to be like this innovative game changer hustle 24 7 365 kind of person it's a great t-shirt like it's a yeah. different material and like you know like those sketchers like those cloud foams that were like the thing back in the day i like that made me feel like i never got them but the commercials made me feel like i could jump so high in them when in reality oh, they were just i remember which one they were like because like they jumped super high and then they're on like this like pillow cloud thing right yeah and they look like, like jelly poses in the air yeah yeah that one it was that was whack you just opened you just opened up a new memory for me Heidi but yes I know food for thought exercise We're companies a huge throwback today yes throwback throwback well today Sunday throwback Sunday and yes some food for thought questionable uh fitness brand companies should require further investigation we'll see and now Heidi is going to tell us of another inspiring random act of kindness news story, which she loves and is her signature news story. And we love to see it. So Heidi, you can go whenever you're ready. All right. Thank you, Dana. So today we have a news story about a Florida crossing guard who was hailed a hero after saving a seven-year-old from getting struck by a car. So crossing guard supervisor Kathleen Quinn was patrolling an intersection when a car was was sweeping through the area super fast and was ignoring her commands to stop. Keep in mind that this is like a school section too. So there was a school bus and there's kids everywhere. Mm-hmm. And these kids are probably wearing like bright, vibrant, like what's in back, what's your like frozen, frozen backpacks or like. Yeah, yeah. Avengers, like, you know? like trolls. Well, yeah. Like that too. Yeah. yeah. So obviously there's lots of kids there. So you need to have a good crossing guard. So there's the seven-year-old named Madeline who was walking her bike across the street when like she she was in the right. It was her turn to go and the crossing sign was up and um, Kathleen Quinn was having her stop sign up. So Madeline was like, oh my gosh, yes, it's safe to walk. But there was a car that did not stop, like wouldn't stop. Like, you, you know how you can tell if someone's going to stop or not because they slow down? Mm-hmm. It wasn't this going down. Was it was just going. That's yeah. Not- so what kathleen did was without hesitation she put her arm out towards the car to tell them like hey stop and when she found out that they weren't gonna stop she put out her other arm for as a barrier to stop madeline from getting hit so basically kathleen was literally like the expecto patronium from like patrono from harry (laughs) expecto patronus yes expecto patronus that's what it is oh there we go yeah I thought that was really cool because there, there's also a video about it and it's it seemed so fast like I had to replay the video multiple times to like even fathom what was happening because it just happened in like a within a matter of a few seconds so I thought that was crazy and afterwards Madeline's mother Mia she was there when it happened she was across the street waiting for her daughter to cross and she was saying how as a mother I was really thankful for her Carlson said because First of all, it wasn't even her child. Like Kathleen, like this is just her job, you know? Like not not her kid. 
and mm-hmm. she was saying how you can't rewind something like that because you can't unwind an injury or like you know or an accident yeah and she was saying how in an in an interview she was saying how drivers need to be careful because you need to treat a car like a weapon and be cognizant of what's happening around you. Mm-hmm. And Kathleen said that she is so grateful that no one got hurt and that she basically prevented what w- what could have been a fatal accident. Any thoughts, Dana? Yes, I think that, you know, this shows the importance of safe driving. People who are learning to drive or are driving, be safe on the road. Pay attention to the yes. things that are going on around you. Don't speed speeding is bad stop obey the the road signs stop and drivers please be careful and do not speed like dana said better safe and late than safe and dead Mm -hmm. exactly and so yes it's important to follow the rules of the road as the uh i assume the texas police department would say yep they're up there for a reason yep they're there for a reason so now moving on to I'm partic I'm like unreasonably excited to tell this new shit, but you know, we love to see it. So a pillow company started by an activist teenager and a software engineer is now rivaling my pillow. And this all happened within a matter of like a week, which is crazy to think about. So one of the founders yes, and Dana- sorry to interject, Dana. You want to probably clarify that my pillow is another company, not saying that that's actually your pillow. Get me? Oh, haha. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my pillow, my pillow, as in the company. You know, my pillow, the the ones who play the commercial with the man who is uh, involved in some shady business, and the one, you know, like the commercials are playing at three a.m. It's like, oh, I purchased my pillow. If you use this coupon, you'll get a coupon for the pillow. I don't know, but you know, like the guy with the mustache strange man. So one of the founders uh, of this new pillow company, David Hogg, is a March for Our Lives founder and board member that wanted to sell a product for a good cause. And William Legay, who is a second founder of this company, is a software engineer who taught himself to code at 12 years old and started his first company at 13 and is now a March for Our Lives advocate too. So, you know, apart from making me feel bad about myself, He's a great and very talented man. So good for them, you know, great for them. He does it all. He does it all. He's a man. What is it? Uh, Jack of all trades. There we go. So together they are starting Good Pillow, a pillow company that pledges to support charitable organizations working to improve the lives of everyday Americans and people across the world, as well as practice transparency for customers, sustainability in its products, and fairness for employees. So that pretty much sounds like a great company right off the bat, regardless of whatever they're selling. And they're selling Mm -hmm. pillows, you know? That's cute. We all use pillows. Super useful. Yeah. You sent me this pillow company, like, as soon as you found out about it. And I was really excited about it, too. And when I looked on their website, like, it's not, like, finished exactly. But there are some, like, some sort of outline on the website. And it was saying how it's going to be made in the United States, like, fully produced in the United States. And I thought that was really neat. Because here we have at least a minimum wage. Um, A lot of the times our, like, clothing and fabrics and textiles are being made overseas and we don't even know the conditions they're in if they're getting yeah. paid well if you know exactly. 
yeah, so that's what I really like. Between, uh, not between, the conditions in which workers are being treated. And so with my, not with my pillow, with good not with pillow, my pillow, with good pillow, which is the name of this company, you know, you'll know that all this is coming, but it's worth the money. You know what I mean? That it's for a good cause. And so they also made this company for a very, uh, petty reason which i admire and is to rival my pillow the pillow company that we all know too well from its rather dark political turn i guess i could say without getting into specifics and so in the words of the good pillow website which i'm quoting from we like pillows who don't overthrow the u.s government so wow that pretty much you know that pretty much sums it up and i'm so excited to see what they are going to do next if you visit their website, which is uh, goodpillow.co, you'll be able to register for the wait list. And you'll also be able to contact them like for press and things like that. And you can also visit the founders on Twitter. They're very active on Twitter most of the time. And yeah, you know, I'm really excited. And some fun facts about Good Pillow is that their logo is a smiley face which is adorable. And they have meme contests related to Good Pillow on Twitter. And they also, within the very, very, very short amount of time that they created this company, they have over 82,700 followers. So that's great. And astonishing. That is astonishing. They have a social media presence and we love to see it. Watch this pillow improve the lives of many people by giving them better sleep. Honestly, I might buy a good pillow. Like once they come out, like as really, like yeah, like I mean, it's a pillow. I'm gonna use pillow. I probably need new ones. They're kind of flat, so (laughs) kind of flat. They're kind of flat. So I think that you know it's a good investment. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'll join the wait list and then um, see uh, how I'll make my purchase later in the future. So yes, goodpillow.co, great company, great cause, and we love to see uh, teenage innovation. Mm-hmm. Yes. So now moving on to the science talks segment with me, Dana. So this is actually pretty big news. So the Empire State Building is now 100% powered by wind. So that's great. Like probably the most iconic building in the United States, right, Heidi? That's being powered sustainably with alternative energy and it's really great yes the empire state building is really really tall i've seen it before like to give you even give you some sort of inch of perspective when i looked up my neck hurt like my neck was perpendicular like parallel to the ground when i was trying to look at this yeah it was a line yeah it went into the clouds like i saw the clouds before i saw the top of the building you know it's crazy crazy Yes, yeah, so that super tall, super gigantic building is now 100% powered by wind. So the Empire State Realty Trust Incorporated, which owns the Empire State Building, which is 102 stories, along with 13 other office buildings, signed a three-year contract with Green Mountain Energy to power its entire real estate portfolio throughout New York and Connecticut with renewable wind electricity. And according to the Environmental Protection Agency, it made the company the 
nation's largest 100% user of green power in real estate. So that's a pretty big move. And, you know, I'm really happy that, you know, this company is deciding to do this for the Empire State Building and for all these other included buildings as well. And what's really significant about this is that just by uh, switching to alternative energy, uh, this is estimated to avoid the production of 450 million pounds of carbon dioxide, with equivalent wow. savings if every New York State household turned off all of their lights for a month, or the addition of two central parks to New York City. So I've never That's been to New crazy. York City, but the Central Park is pretty big. Two more of them. The scale. Pretty big. Yeah, it's in huge scale. So thank you, Empire State Building and Empire State Realty Trust for uh, going green and making a sustainable, you know, move. Yes, be a model building. Yes, she is a model building and we appreciate it. Thank you, Miss Empire State Building. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. So now, yeah, Heidi is going to review another piece of uh, technology that she likes to use. Exactly. Yes. Thank you, Dana. So today I will be talking and reviewing the iPad Pro. Just right off the bat, this is a great investment. And I'm very grateful that I was able to purchase it because I know not everyone can. But I'm so grateful that I'm able to have it. It's worth it for anyone who is able to get it. Because previously, I had an iPad Air first generation that came out in 2013. And we are now in 2021. Yeah. So it has lasted me over eight years and it's still working very well and I'm still actually using it. Oh, wow. But I know it's crazy, eight years in the running. But I wanted to switch over to digital notes so I could be more organized and efficient because of virtual learning, everything's online. So I'm like, you know what, why not just switch? But before I could figure anything out, any type of pen or Bluetooth pen or even plug-in pen was not compatible with my iPad because iPad, not iPad, since Apple probably considers my iPad ancient because it's almost eight years old. So after a lot of research and contemplation and back and forth in this, I decided to get the iPad Pro due to its bigger screen. And the screen is like the almost the exact same size as my laptop screen, that's 13 inches. And it's crazy because it's amazing. And it resembles closely with the size of a paper, which is why I decided to size up instead of get the normal, like, what is it, like 10-inch iPad? I think Because, so. you know, if I'm going to use it for notes, one, I want to have something similar to the size of a paper and not having to, you know, zoom in, zoom out type of things. Yeah. So I'm, I've been using it for almost a week now, and I love it. I use GoodNotes, but I know there are a lot of apps that, like, support different types of um, activities such as like Procreate, if you do design, things like that. And it's very nice because you have the whole color wheel at your fingertips and all, our do- all of your documents are in one place, backed up to your preferred method of storage. And I use iCloud, but it, it also backs up to Google Drive and-, and Dropbox. And it's really neat because the iPad Pro, it's very fast. And I think I like it better than my computer. I don't know. It's really, really nice. And something about that, I'm not like very into art, but I also like to have aesthetically pleasing items because mm-hmm. it just makes me feel more organized. I don't know about you. Do you color code, Dana? Uh, do I color code my notes? Do you mean like with different yeah. pens? 
I used to. It was a thing that I used to do a lot in middle school. And I do admit it was very therapeutic. And, like, it made note-taking kind of fun for me. But now I just kind of don't. I guess I just kind of lost the pizzazz. I still have a bunch of pens, but they're kind of running out of ink. I should probably exactly. do it more often, though, because it makes it look very vibrant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but with the iPad or any type of digital note, I'm not sure if um, an Android supports it, but basically if you look up the color palette on Google and you like slide over your cursor to whatever shade you want, it gives you the hex number. And on GoodNotes, you can plug in the numbers and you can get the exact same shade that you got on your computer. I thought that was pretty neat because Dana, you probably, I don't want to make any assumptions, but making notes with like, hard pens it's very time consuming right with having to switch back and forth quickly wait like what do you mean like with physical pens yeah uh well switching back and forth not really i usually just kind of like dump them all out and i'm like oh this color works and then oh you dump it all out i see i see well for me i just got very lazy because there was a lot of arm movement for me and i don't know i maybe i'm just like high maintenance i'm not sure what you'd call me (laughs) But with the with my iPad, it's a lot easier because it's just a click away, mm-hmm. and it saves my like work as like an image and as a PDF or whatever it is, and it's really easy for me to submit all my work to my teachers. In no way, shape, or form am I saying that I can make a huge like textbook out of my notes, but I really do like it because the Apple Pen is pressure sensitized. I guess you can say I'm not sure the word for that, but it like mimics a real pen or pencil. And I thought that was really cool. And it can work as a laptop and it has a great camera. In fact, my iPad's camera is better than my phone's camera, which is very funny to think about because you'll probably be catching me taking a selfie using this huge <laughs> With a giant iPad. Imagine Heidi like, oh my God, guys, look at me, I'm in Paris. And she just takes out this huge giant iPad Pro from her backpack she's like everyone say cheese and she takes a giant block well you know what if the quality is going to be better you go ahead and you do it yeah no shame no shame no shame to close this off it's pretty pricey but it's worth it because it saves a lot of time money and stress and plus when i go back to school by my back will definitely thank me because i will have the the weight off of my shoulders oh literally no need for journals i That is, like, the one thing that I do not miss about in-person school, having to lug around this huge, humongous backpack all the time. I think what took Same. up a lot of time was, like, my, yeah, my notebooks and, like, the binders, too. Like, the, I have, like, a map. My posture was horrible. Yeah. But then there were, like, other binders that I really did not need to have, and so I'm glad I got rid of those, but, like, notebooks really do add a lot of weight so like if you have like an ipad or something like that that'll just reduce a ton of it and you won't get scoliosis which is you know a great thing to yeah you won't look like shrimp yeah we won't look like shrimp that's the goal that's the goal here Mm -hmm. so moving on i know we haven't done game time in a very long time but today we are going to bring it back because It is Valentine's Day, and for you guys, because this will be released four days after Valentine's, it would have been Valentine's Day, so we're still in that sort of festive mode, so we're still going to be doing this game anyways. Today, we'll be playing Fact or Fiction, 
where someone gives a statement and you need to um, guess if it is true or false. So, Dana, do you want to start? Yes. Okay. Wait, who is who is the guesser? And who? Okay. So what I did is I after every single statement that you put, I put mine. So it's going to be Dana Heidi, Dana Heidi, okay. Dana Heidi. Okay. So I'll I'll read this out loud then. Okay. Let me read out the first one. So yes, it's Valentine's that- Day edition. Yep. 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 Okay, it says, before X stood for a kiss, it represented a cross at the end of a letter. True. Like a cross, as in like religion cross, or like yes? yes? No, like yes, as in a religious cross. Oh, okay. Um. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yes? yes. Yes. I'm gonna guess. Yes. 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 It's true. Fact. Yes. yes. Ooh. Great. How interesting. Okay. That's fun to know. That's crazy. I've always wondered why people sign hugs and kisses with XOXO. Wait, but why would you... Then what's the O? A halo? Hugs, maybe? Hugs, like two arms connecting, maybe? No, but like... Like, yes, I know it means hugs, but like then... If that was the cross, then what was the O? Oh, maybe we can research that later. Good to know. We can give you an update. Yes. We'll give you an update on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Dana, fact or fiction? Valentine's Day was named after a saint named Saint Valentine. I think this is true because I remember learning about like the history of Valentine's Day. I don't remember when, but it stayed with me like sometime in elementary. So I'm going to say true. Yes, it is true. You have won. Yes. Not won. You got I that right. Win I win the game. No, I'm joking. Okay, so this one was particularly interesting to me, but it could be interesting because I found it in my research or because I completely made it up and it's funny to me. You never know. So, well, you'll know shortly. Okay, so in the Victorian era, mean-spirited Valentine's Day cards were called vicious Valentines. Fiction. I don't think this is true. What well, is fiction, but the act, it was called Vinegar Valentines. I just oh, that's it, weird. But they actually did this. They were called Vinegar Valentines. And I don't know what it was for. Like, was it for, like, some sort of, like, ex-revenge plot? Or, like, oh, I'm going to send him this super mean Valentine's Day card. That'll show him, you know? Probably because vinegar smells I don't know. Yeah, but like, I don't know, or if it was like some sort of like sarcastic teenager thing that only the cool teenagers in the Victorian era did. I don't know, but I think it's funny. So yes, Vinegar Valentines from the Victorian era. That's funny. All right. Next statement. The first Valentine was sent in the 12th century. Keep in mind that centuries are a little weird. And this is technically the eight, the, the 1100s. Yes. The 1100s. Thank you. Okay. The 1100s? No. Fiction. I think it was like the 1400s. I don't know. It was the 15th century. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, it was still fiction, so I got it right. <laughs> and fun fact, this is like a little like um, a continuation. So the oldest record of a Valentine being sent, according to history.com, was a poem written by a French medieval duke named Charles to his wife in 1415. So Charles penned the sweet note to his lover while he was imprisoned to 
at the Tower of London when at just 21 years old. And one of the lines of the poem reads, I am already sick of love, my very gentle Valentine. I thought that was pretty funny. Yes, I felt that. Thank you, sir, for providing us with that beautiful piece of poetry. Yes, he w- he was the one who started relatable comedy. Or not relatable comedy, relatable tragedy, but still relatable. Okay. So this is the next one. There are over 200,000 proposals every year on Valentine's Day alone. True or false? Um, 200,000, okay. Okay, the world is very large and there's a lot of like billions of people. So yeah. 200,000, hmm. Fact, fact, right? Fact, or yes, no? it's fact. true. There yes. are in fact uh, 220,000, which is over 200,000 proposals every single year on Valentine's Day alone. So, you know. That's crazy. We're on a roll, Dana. We're on a roll. Have gone one wrong? You know, this kind of shows us that, you know, should be a little more original when it comes to picking their proposal dates. Valentine's Day, been there, done that. What about proposing on on St. Patrick's? You'll be sharing. Yeah. I know you'll be sharing your proposal date with two hundred thousand other more people. Uh huh. <laughs> let's be a little. Let's be a little spicy. Let's add some flavor to the mix. Let's be a little bit more original. Okay. Yes. 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 So the next statement is Americans send. 145 million Valentine's Day cards each year. I'm going to say fact using the logic that you... Oh, 145 million. Hmm. Just in America. Just in America. Just in America? Yeah, just in America. People in America? I have no... No Googling. No Googling. Just just use the gut. Use intuition. I'm looking at my ceiling fan and thinking. I'm pondering. Let me see. Let me think. Okay, well, I think that there's a lot of more people in America than that. So I'm going to say fact. Yes, it Yay, is true. I got it right. I was trying to throw you off, but it just didn't work. Yeah. Yep. You were trying to use your psychological manipulation tricks, but they're not going to work on me. You know, I think a lot of the Valentine's Day cards that are like sent is within schools with school children because i remember the uh, the friday before valentine's we would make our own little box or bag and we would distribute our valentine's to the class yes i remember that so vividly i don't remember what i used as my deposit thing i oh i used to have like a bucket it was like a heart bucket a bucket but i had it was like a little yeah, it was like a bucket, and then it it was like it had like a bunch of hearts on it, and it was like a little heart shaped slot that you would like put the things in. And it How was cute. a little Valentine's Day bucket when I was like in pre K. I loved my bucket, my bucket and I. But yes, I have very vivid memories of elementary, middle not middle school, elementary Valentine's Day exchanging. In middle school, the whole thing got very weird. Valentine's Day was just not it anymore. It was yeah, like, it went from PG it to PG-13. Yeah, it went from, yeah, it got pretty PG-13. Not for me. The hype died down. I I no longer vibed with it as much. Now, it's fine, I guess. You know, the food is good. Okay, so the next question is, or the next statement is, YouTube premiered on Valentine's Day in 2005. Fact or fiction? 
Fiction. Nope. It's Darn it. Back to YouTube. Really? On Valentine's Day. Yup. In 2005. That's such a weird day. 2005. That's a, that's a long time ago. I was like one year old in 2005. So I basically. Saying we were one yeah, year old. We basically grew up with YouTube. Thank you, YouTube. Okay. So Heidi goes ahead and say the next statement. That's so weird. Why would YouTube choose Valentine's Day? Anyways, moving right. on. Maybe yeah, the Valentine's Day gift that people send the most on is flowers. Fact or fiction? I say fact only because I was on Twitter and everyone was like, oh my god, my boyfriend sent me these flowers. And it's like a big, gigantic thing of flowers. And I'm like, those flowers are going to die. You would have a better time eating food. But it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. So yes, I'd say fact. Is it? You know, I thought... I thought this was a fact too, but it's actually fiction. <laughs> it's crazy. What? Let me explain. It's crazy. No, it, it's fa- it's false. It's the Valentine's Day gift that people spend on the most is not flowers. So candy and flowers might be some of the most common gifts for Valentine's Day. But according to the National Retail Federation, the category that we typically spend the most on for February 14th is jewelry. At a whopping $5.8 billion. Yeah, of all those proposals, those 220,000 proposals, they're spending a a, a lot of money on the bling bling for their spouses. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I'm not mad. Okay. Okay, the next one. Second to last. The love goddess Aphrodite. I think you'll know this. You know if this is true or not, depending on your sixth grade Percy Jackson. I never did Greek mythology. You never learned Greek mythology? Not even in like sixth grade? I did, but then I forgot it all. So I still uh, consider okay. myself I, not learning I, I, it. I like my mini. I know some people got very into it. I was like somewhat into Greek mythology. It wasn't like my biggest obsession in the world, but I thought it was nice. So I know the answer to this question. Heidi, we'll see if you know, as of right now. Okay. The love goddess, Aphrodite, was born out of the clouds. Fact or fiction? How? Oh my gosh. How, I don't even... Ugh. I'm going to have to just take, like, toss a coin for this one. Okay. I'm going to say... Tr- fall, no. Mm. <laughs> Fact. Fact. Nope. Eh, wrong. Insert Darn it. Effect. Eh, wrong. It is actually fiction because Aphrodite was born out of sea foam. I don't remember why, but I remember that specific fact. That's weird. Yeah, it's a little weird. But then, and then I don't remember. There's like a whole story to it. But I do remember that she was born out of sea foam and everyone was like obsessed with her because she was so beautiful. Yay, Aphrodite. I never liked her. (laughs) Anyways, uh, Heidi can go ahead with the last statement. (laughs) That little bit of sass at the end. I don't like her. (laughs) Okay. I don't. She's not. So this is. She's not your cup of tea. That's okay. That's okay. The last statement is: conversation hearts were originally medical lozenges, and conversation hearts are like those sweet candy hearts that say like "Be mine" or "ILW." Like yeah. Okay. ILY. Yeah. Lozenge. I have no. A lozenge. Yeah, that's a cough drop. So a lozenge is a fancy way to say cough drop. Cough drop. That would be, mm-hmm. yep. that's not a good cough drop. It would be like super powdery. 
No. Mm. But then people were weird back then. Or, like, they didn't have that good of a medicine. But, like, it's just sugar. No comment. No comment. It's just sugar. Like, I don't know how it would necessarily help with a cough. I mean, I don't know the ingredients of, you know, like, the candy hearts. But I don't think it would be... I don't think it would make for an effective cough drop. So I'm going to say fiction. Air. That was that was such a bad like but like wrong buzzer button. <laughs> yeah, I thought okay. you were like shrugging like eh, but you know what? Oh, no, 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 no. Right. How do you how, how do you do that sound effect? Eh. There we go. Yep, there you go. Mm. Got it. Yeah, yeah. So this is actually a fact because weirdly enough, the story of Conversation Hearts first began when a Boston pharmacist named Oliver Chase invented a machine that simplified the way medical lozenges used for sore throats and other illnesses could be made. The re- the first the result was America's first candy-making machine because the pharmacist soon started shifting his focus from making lozenges to candy instead. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I stand corrected. Thank you, Heidi. No problem. No problem. We learn something new every day. Yes, we learn something new every day, and that's the moral of the story here. Yes, and I know this has been a lengthy episode, so to close off, we have our motivational quote, which is said by Charles M. Schultz, and he says, All you need is love, but a little chocolate now and then doesn't hurt. Yep, thank you, Charles M. Schultz. Treat yourself, guys. Treat yourself. yourself. That is the takeaway here. So thank you, Charles M. Schultz, for delivering a very eloquent version of Treat Yourself. So... Thank you for listening, everyone. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at @funtimeswdh to get updates on our podcast, wonderful, lovely, beautiful memes from our friend Heidi here, and much more. And you can also visit our website linked in the description to read more about today's news stories. And that concludes today's episode, and we hope you had a fun time with us. Bye. Bye-bye.